the Super Bowl is tonight. I don't know if you're a Ravens fan or I don't know if you're a Niners fan. You know, I, I bet there are people right now who are praying that the 49ers will win. And I bet there are people who are praying right now that the Ravens will win. Which one of those prayers is God going to answer? Is He going to answer the Raven fans' prayers or the 49ers' prayers? Have you ever prayed? And when you prayed, you've asked God for wisdom? And then doubted that He would give you that wisdom, that He would answer that prayer? If you have, James chapter 1 verse 8, if you have prayed for wisdom and doubted, then I have some news for you. You're unstable. My wife says that about me all the time. But really, that's what the Scriptures say about you. You're unstable. You're tossed to and fro easily by any wind of doctrine, any wind of conscience, any wind of change that comes along. Easily tossed around, James says in James chapter 1 verse 8, he says, here's what he says, this is the word that he uses, double-minded. You're double-minded. Minded, You're not unified. You're not unified, but you're split. You're faithless. Hey, and that's hard to admit. That's hard to admit. Brother Pryor came to us this, this morning and he, he admitted sin, didn't he? He had sin in his life. It was tearing him up. How about you? Are you split? Are you you torn? Are you double-minded? Do you have one foot in the world and one foot you're trying to be a Christian? and, And let me tell you something. You can't live that way. We're going to focus on unity this month of Sundays how we must be unified with God, how we must be unified with Christ, how, must we, how we must be unified with the church, how we must be unified with the truth. But it's hard to be unified when you're not unified with yourself. You're double-minded. You're, you're split. Jesus said in Matthew 12, verse 25, your, your house is divided, and a house divided cannot stand. And, and though the context of, of what Jesus, Jesus is saying there is a little larger, it can apply to the individual. I mean, you're either for Jesus or you're against Jesus, and you cannot straddle the fence. You cannot straddle the fence. To try to do so will, will fail. You're either for the church of Christ or you're against the church of Christ. You either love God or you don't love God. 
You either obey Jesus Christ or you don't obey Jesus Christ. To try to straddle the fence is to fail because the devil owns the fence. Jesus Christ has done His part. So, unity in the church starts with you and me. Jesus Christ has done His part. If you feel faithless and broken inside, if you feel, if you feel double-minded, I want to give you a practical example this morning. As we, as we talk, about, talk about unity, the unity that, that comes within You may not be double-minded. But I hope that you'll use our single-minded example today to maybe help somebody else who is struggling with double-mindedness, struggling with unity within. In my opinion, unity or disunity will occur in the local congregation if the members are unified or, or disunified. The unity within ourselves must be addressed. And, and if, if each and every individual member of the congregation is, is disunified, we're, we're not going to have unity here at Fountainhead. We never will be able to as long as you are not unified within. But in each, if each and every member here at Fountainhead can, be, can find that unity that Jesus Christ prayed for, We'll be unified. We'll be a force to be reckoned with, not only in this community, but in the world. Unity within ourselves must be addressed. It's it's hard to unify and be a force of good in our community if we're a double-minded people. I want to dig around inside of ourselves today by comparing our lives with the life of a, of a Christian in the first century. He's not one of the big names. This Christian I'm about to tell you about, and we'll look at here from the Bible, he's not a big name. He's not, he's not Jesus or, or Paul or Peter. It's not even Timothy, even though Paul uses this Christian as an example to Timothy. And if you'll turn your Bibles over to 2 Timothy, the book of 2 Timothy. This Christian is still a great, it was a, he was an example to Timothy and he's an example for us today. How we can be unified within ourselves. Unified within ourselves. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, we are in verse 16 and we're introduced to Onesiphorus. Onesiphorus. Onesiphorus is only mentioned twice. And both of those times is here in this same letter of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy is one of the prison letters of of Paul. The book of Acts closes with Paul in prison in Rome around 62-63 AD. And the common belief is, and scripture bears this out, is that that Paul was acquitted and released. You remember he, he left because he had appealed to Caesar and he was thrown into he was put into prison into a into a rented house and he had a guard there with him and people could come and they could they could speak with Paul but that's not the kind of prison that he's in now as he's writing to Timothy he was rearrested 4 or 5 years later in the wake of Nero the emperor Nero's persecutions not because he appealed to Caesar but because 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 2 he was arrested as an evil doer 
The Roman historian Tacticus writes that in A.D. 64, a great fire destroyed much of Rome and, and Jews and Christians were blamed for it. In and around Rome, multitudes of Christians were arrested and they they were put to death. Some were crucified. Some were eaten by wild dogs. Some were tied to stakes in, in Nero's garden. They were tied to stakes and then black pitch was poured upon them and then they were set fire so that Nero would have light at night in his gardens. They were greatly persecuted. Greatly persecuted. This is the social and political backdrop for the second letter written to Timothy. This letter was written, if you'll understand, this letter was written while Paul waited to die. He knew he was going to die. This letter made its way from, as you see on the map, from Rome to Ephesus where Timothy was staying and where this is where Onesiphorus was from. It was on Paul's third missionary journey that he spent some time in Ephesus and, and was, it was during this time that he probably met o, Onesiphorus. And, it was, and, and as was common, we see from, from the Scriptures that he's blessing Onef- o, o, the household of Onesiphorus Onesiphorus' whole household was converted. You know, we read in Acts chapter 19 that Paul baptized those in Ephesus into Jesus Christ. And Onesiphorus would have known Apollos, Acts chapter 18, verse 24. And he would have been, inf- he would have been influenced by Aquila and Priscilla, Acts chapter, excuse me, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 19. And, and during the writing of this letter, the city of Ephesus, it was a very important city. It was, it was almost at its peak. It, it was on its way down. They had a harbor that was silting up. People weren't able to easily get into their harbor anymore. But it was an important trade city anyway because it was a trade city whose major export was idolatry. The cult of Diana, the goddess of fertility was worshipped here in Ephesus. This is a picture of the temple of Armitus or or Diana. She was the goddess of fertility. She was worshipped in this temple through fornication with temple priestess prostitutes. It's that kind of environment that Onesiphorus had to be a Christian in. Paul wrote a letter to this congregation, the the book of Ephesians, the letter to the Ephesians, and the major theme of that letter was unity. What we're going to be talking about all month long, unity. It was during this uncertain time for Christians that Paul would have known Onesiphorus and Onesiphorus would have tried to maintain his faith. Now, Onesiphorus was a little different from us as Christians in the sense that just around the corner, all the time in his Christian life, he could have been put to death, physically put to death at any moment for being a Christian in a Roman world. We aren't faced with that today in the United States of America. But Onesiphorus was very similar to us as well. 
many of the same pressures that face us daily as Christians, Onesiphorus faced as well. And I want to show you how he handled them. Okay? I want to show you how he handled them. Onesiphorus, he possessed an uncommon unity within, which is our topic for this morning. Notice Paul's description in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. This you know that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. Asia at that time included Ephesus, included, included Sardis, included all those little cities all around. And all of those people where Onesiphorus lived, all those people had turned their back on Paul. Paul was in prison. And it must have been very disheartening to know that those whom you had taught, to, those, to know that those whom you had preached to had treated you so badly. We know nothing else about Phygelus or Hermogenes except that they led the group of those who turned their back on Paul. How would you like to be known for that? Known for leading a group that split the church. Noted, noted for leading a group that turned their back on Jesus Christ. Noted for leading a group that turned their back on a fellow brother or sister when they were in need. Verse 16. The Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus. Lydia, in Acts chapter 16, verse 15, she was baptized and her whole household. Paul baptized the household of Stephanus in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 16. Those in Caesar's household saluted the Christians in Philippi. Philippians chapter 4, verse 22. It was not uncommon to baptize one and then baptize the whole house. Some scholars suggest that here in 2 Timothy, the prayer for mercy on the house of Onesiphorus was because he had already died. Whether or not this is the case, the apostle Paul asked the Lord for mercy. Notice, he asked for mercy on Onesiphorus' house, his family, his servants, if he, if he had any, unmerited love, mercy, compassionate Treatment. That's what mercy is. Paul prayed for compassionate treatment, for, for unmerited love, for mercy on the household of Onesiphorus. Onesiphorus' name meant prophet bringer. Prophet bringer. And Onesiphorus was a, was a loyal friend of Paul. I've heard it said of, of people and of animals, well, he, he ain't worth nothing. Well, that's a terrible double negative that you should never use, okay? But it's true. Some people just ain't worth nothing, are they? At least we think that. But Onesiphorus was worth something. He brought profit. He brought profit. He was worth a great deal to Paul. It could be asked of everyone here. It could be asked of everyone here, little or big, young or old, do you bring profit 
like the Lord's mercy to your household? Do you bring profit like Onesiphorus did to his household? Think about that. Bringing the Lord's mercy to your house. Onesiphorus was was an uncommon Christian with an uncommon morality, an uncommon way of holding that within him. Paul said of Onesiphorus in verse 16, For he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. Onesiphorus was different. Onesiphorus was different. Like I said, Ephesus, Pergamum, Smyrna, Thyatira, Sardis, they were all part of Asia. Had Christians in all of those, all of those cities and all of those congregations. They were all part of Asia. And while so many in Asia, like Phygelius and Hermogenes, had given up on Paul, Onesiphorus did not. Onesiphorus was different. He was, he was different from the majority. Many today have given up on New Testament Christianity. Are you different? Are you different? If you are a Christian, at one time you were a stranger from the covenants of promise, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12. But now that you are a Christian, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. You're in God's household. But being a child of God makes one a stranger in another sense. Strangers from the world... 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, with its, with its fleshly lusts, the, the, the world has its fleshly lusts which war against your soul. You know, if you want to be unified inside yourself, if you want to be unified within, you can't be involved in World War III inside you. You can't keep fighting the war over and over and over again. You must be different. Onesiphorus was different. He refreshed Paul often. He was not ashamed to be seen with Paul, even, in, even though Paul was in chains. Verse 17. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously and found me. Onesiphorus was deliberate. He did not turn his back on his friend, but he went to Rome to find his friend. When he got to Rome, he sought Paul out. What a, what a wonderful, admirable quality to have, to be, to be deliberate in what you do. As a Christian, we must be deliberate. Deliberate in our giving, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. We must be delivered in our worship, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 10. We must be deliberate in our helping, Galatians chapter 6 verse 10. And we must be deliberate in our attendance, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25. 
We must be a deliberate people. If we want to be unified within ourselves, we've got to be deliberate. When we're not deliberate, we are double-minded. We're not unified within. And, and this, with this single-minded attitude, Onesiphorus was detached. He was detached from the sin around him and with, no, with seemingly no thought to his, to his own safety. He searched for Paul and he, and he found him. Onesiphorus was detached from the world, not from what was going on around him, but as we say, he was in the world but not of the world. He was detached from the world. If we can ever hope to be unified within ourselves... And here at Fountainhead, if we can ever hope to be unified, we must detach ourselves from the world. Christian, you are the light of the world. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. But not of the world. You're the light of, but not of. But you're not of the world. It's the cares of the world that will choke the word out of you. So many gain the world, but they lose their own soul, Jesus said. It's, it's, it's into the world that we go and preach the gospel. But we are to, tack, to detach ourselves from the world. We, we don't worry what the world can do to us like we learned about this morning in, in Bible class. We care not to be conformed to this world. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. We must be detached as, as Onesiphorus was. He was very detached. He was very diligent. Onesiphorus was diligent. Among the thousands of prisoners in Rome from all over the empire, it must have been very difficult to find Paul in a Roman prison. Diligence is a must for unity within. We are to be diligent to make our calling and election sure. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10. We are to be diligent to be found by Him in peace. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 14. Diligence is showing painstaking effort. We've got to give painstaking effort to our Christianity to be unified within ourselves. Onesiphorus diligently sought Paul. With zeal he looked for him. Zealously he found me, Paul says. We must be diligent with our faith. And just a few verses later, here in 2 Timothy, after telling Timothy of Onesiphorus' example of diligence, Paul tells Timothy in chapter 2, verse 15, Be diligent, Timothy. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. He already had a a great example in Onesiphorus in being diligent. God is, Hebrews 11 verse 6, a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. If we want to be unified with God, if we want to be unified with Jesus Christ, if we want to be unified with the church, well, we've got to be unified within ourselves and seek God within ourselves first. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. The Lord grant to him 
Still talking about Onesiphorus. Paul's praying, The Lord grant to him, Onesiphorus, that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. Isn't that what we all want? Is mercy. Jesus Christ is coming back one day. Mr. Pryor, this morning you wanted mercy from the Lord, didn't you? I want mercy, not justice. If I get justice, I have no hope. But with God's grace and God's mercy, I can come boldly, the Hebrew writer said, to the throne of grace. And on that day, I'll be granted mercy just like Onesiphorus. Just like Brother Pryor. Just like you. If you've obeyed. We all want mercy. When Jesus Christ comes back in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who have not obeyed the gospel and those who do not know God, I want mercy. I have no doubt that it will be granted to me. Just like Onesiphorus, I'm devoted. We need to be devoted. Onesiphorus was devoted. Notice verse 18. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus. Whether Paul was in Ephesus or or preaching and teaching in Ephesus or in chains in Rome, Onesiphorus was devoted. Devoted to his friend and devoted to the Lord. We too must have that kind of devotion to the Lord. We too must have that kind of devotion to the Lord first. Matthew 6.33 And then to each other. That kind of devotion, it starts inside. Onesiphorus and others. When we're devoting ourselves to the ministry of the Lord... We're creating that unity within ourselves. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 15 that faithful devotion to our Lord, devoting ourselves is a ministry to the saints. We are to devote ourselves in ministering to the saints. Faithful devotion is a lifelong process. Revelation chapter 2 verse 10. If you want the crown of life... You've got to be faithful until death. You've got to be devoted all your life. Hey, it's easy to get sidetracked. It's easy to get sidetracked. It's easy to lose faith. Paul said in Romans chapter 7, verse 19, he said, the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the, but the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. Hey, he he understood how hard living the Christian life is. He understood how hard it was to to stay unified within ourselves. He understood the tugs and the pulls of life that would tear you apart. God understands. Verse 22, I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. Folks, we cannot continue to live in war in our minds. We have got 
to unify. We've got to bring those parties together, unify within ourselves so that we can be what God wants us to be. When you're torn, it's hard to be a Christian and have unity within. But like, oh, Onesiphorus, we must take a stand and be different. We must take a stand and be deliberate. We must take a stand and be detached from the world. We must be diligent and devoted. Pray for God's wisdom. If you're a Christian, pray for God's wisdom. That He will grant that wisdom to you and that you'll live in such a way that you too will obtain the mercy of the Lord on that day, that great day when Jesus Christ comes back. That day that we're all hoping for. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're not hoping for that day. You haven't been living right. Or you've never put Jesus Christ on in baptism. You've never obeyed the truth. If you're going back and forth in your mind about becoming a Christian, if, if, if you have a war within yourself of whether or not you've obeyed correctly or not, you must make a choice to be different. You must deliberately choose Jesus Christ and detach yourself from the world and what's been holding you back and be diligent and believe and obey and then be devoted for the rest of your life. By repenting of your old life as Brother Pryor did this morning, confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in front of others, being baptized into Jesus Christ. If, if you'll do that, if you'll unify with Jesus that way, and if you're a Christian, if you'll be different, and deliberate, and, and detached, and diligent, and devoted to the Lord, if you'll ha- be, have unity within, like the rest of us who are Christians, if you'll be devoted to God for the rest of your life, or you'll be unified within, you'll have unity in the church, we'll have unity in the community, we'll have unity in the world, we'll have unity with our sister congregations, we'll, we'll be a force to be reckoned with, Fountainhead. If you need prayers because you want mercy, or if you want to be baptized, come right now. As together.